Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome back to The Seminarians show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Jacob Stinnett. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. And joining me today is Brian Smith, a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the many vocations that you offer to your church. We thank you especially for raising men up to sacred orders, to uh, serve your church as deacons, to uh, stand in your person, the person of Christ at the altar, and to lead your flock as bishops. We now pray in the words that Christ taught us to pursue our vocations in love of the Father. Our Father, who Who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Brian, welcome back. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Jacob. Um, As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about vocations again today, um, and one that you and I um, will be making a big step in, mm. please God, in the very near future, um, the entering into sacred orders, right. um, which is uh, being ordained to the diaconate. Right. Yeah. So um, today I'd just like to talk a little bit about um, what that looks like, the ceremony itself, all mm-hmm. the rich symbolism in there that informs us more and more about uh, what the deacon does, who he is. Right. When we look at the ceremony, you know, with the, our eyes open in the right way, we can learn a lot and appreciate, you know, not just what's happening in the moment, but what this man is, you know, professing to do mm-hmm. now with his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for the rest of his life right. too, right? It's not just a, a short contract of mm-hmm. one year or ten years or twenty five years or something like that. It's up until you breathe your last and go right. to God. We talk about that as the indelible mark. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. something that can't be deleted on the soul. So even um, like one of the ways that that's commonly described is whether or not a man continues to exercise the office of a deacon for the rest of his life. You know, we pray and hope that he does. Mm-hmm. That is um, the lens through which you know he'll be judged, and that's um, something that will always mark his his soul. Right, just like baptism exactly uh, does. Once you're baptized, you're always baptized. Um, whether or not you choose to live um, as a Christian mm-hmm. is, of course, up to you. Right. Um, but you always will be one. Once you're made a Christian through baptism, you can't get rid of it. There's no scrubbing that can right. get rid of that on the soul. So that, that indelible mark is something that we're looking forward to receive in our ordination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can also, so that's almost looking at it maybe through a slightly negative lens, but positively. It's also a source of grace, right? right. God looks at yes. that soul, mm-hmm. sees that it's marked, um, mm-hmm. 
and then pours out all the corresponding graces. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that, that. one with that mark needs in mm -hmm. order to live out that higher supreme calling, right? Which he has received through that sacrament to fulfill the office. That's right. That he's undertaken. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, deacons, priests, bishops—they don't fulfill that from their own strength. I mean, they even throughout all the promises, the very last one is, "I do with the help of God," mm -hmm. recognizing that um, specifically in that last promise that we make to conform our way of life to the example of Christ, but in all of those promises that we've made mm -hmm. um, to fulfill that office, we're doing it with the help of God through that grace we receive. Um, and that indelible mark, which is that flashing light on our soul <laughs> to God <laughs> saying, hey, hey, we need this remember. grace. <laughs> right. Yes, remember funny image. I like your it, promises, though. oh God. You mentioned promises, mm -hmm. so we're kind of getting into the ceremony a little bit already, which is great. Yeah, let's take a take a deeper look. So, one thing before we get to the the promises, um, it I think just in general is worth mentioning that the ordination of a deacon takes place during mass, typically. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not entirely positive, but I think it has to take place in mass. I want to say that too, but now that I'm trying to say it, I didn't research it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think I think you're right. Most of the times, anyone will encounter it is within yes. mass. We mm -hmm. can certainly say that. So. <laughs> The man or the men who are be, to be ordained a deacon begin that mass not as deacons yet. You know, they right. come into the church mm -hmm. um, usually dressed rather simply in a white alb. Mm -hmm. um, yep. They have all their liturgical underwear on. Mm -hmm. So, some beautiful symbolism already of, you know, coming in as a baptized Christian, wearing mm -hmm. your alb, the white garment um, that you strive to and you ask God to help keep that white pure color um for all of your life mm -hmm. okay. so that's how you present yourself and um in the course of the mass um you know the beginning is pretty normal you know yep. the liturgy of the word um the bishop will preach a gospel usually directed in a special way towards the men who are to be ordained a deacon mm -hmm. and i think the the homily i misspoke the homily mm -hmm. um Right before that is when the calling happens, right? Right. So, so it's after the gospel that things are going to start to look a little mm -hmm. different from a normal mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after um, the gospel is proclaimed, um, then the deacon of the mass, so someone who's already a deacon, right? Um, yeah. he will uh, read out the names of those men mm -hmm. um, who are to be ordained deacons. Um, there'll be a, a slight little dialogue um, with the bishop and whoever is presenting them. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll call out the names of all the candidates. The candidates will stand and say, present. I'm here. I am here. Yeah. Um, and I am for this. I'm right. doing this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just kind of taking attendance. Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. um, there's that short little dialogue um, with the bishop um, saying, you know, do you find these men worthy? Um, relying on the help of God, we recommend these men to be ordained mm -hmm. deacons. Um at that point, there's the end of this sort of section, um, the election, we can call it, the mm -hmm. calling forth of those to be ordained. Um, and it ends with a symbol that could use a little bit more of our reflection. It's actually a very ancient symbol mm -hmm. in the church, uh, the applause that the, the audience gives. Yeah, yeah. So in the early church, especially with bishops, yes. um, they weren't appointed by the Pope like mm -hmm. they are today. Um, communication wasn't that large. And the church was still 
a little bit more localized yeah. than centralized as mm-hmm. it is today. Um, so often the people of a whole diocese would get together or maybe the priests and there would be a common consensus is who should we have as our bishop? Mm-hmm. Um, and they would proclaim his name in the town square, mm-hmm. um, cheer him on. That was their way of showing their support for um, this man who is called to lead them or to serve them. Some er- An early example that comes to mind would be St. Ambrose, right? That's right. That's right. He wasn't uh, even a priest right. at the time <laughs> when he was um, selected to be, yeah, and proclaimed, right? To be bishop, bishop of Milan. Mm-hmm. That's right. So um, some people say he has the, the shortest seminary experience <laughs> of anyone, just a matter of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's right. So, yeah, this applause shows the um, consent of all of the people gathered, but also their joy right. at um, not necessarily, I mean, for the man himself, although we were very excited right. for him, but the joy at this act of God for calling this man forward. God working in the world and in the life of the church. Right, yeah. right. That's first what we're celebrating in that um, And we see, we see in this short dialogue, in these very few words and actions, a summary of vocation, really, mm-hmm. because we have um, the bishop being the one who's asking someone else, presenting the man who is to be ordained, and then the people responding with their approval. Um, all of these are elements of a vocation. That's right. Um, and the vocation ultimately comes from God. So we give thanks to God for that vocation, that calling. Yes. And then we move on to what you brought up earlier, which are those promises. That's right. And um, you had mentioned one of the later ones, actually. Mm-hmm. So we have six total promises that um, the elect, that's the word we use for the man, the man and the men who aren't yet ordained. Elect, mm-hmm. meaning chosen. Yes. The chosen ones, <laughs> if you will, make six promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all relate to some element of being a deacon. So, the the first one, most generally, is just asking or promising to enter into what's happening that day. Mm-hmm. And it goes like this. Do you resolve to be consecrated for the church's ministry by the laying on of my hands and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the bishop asks these things mm-hmm. of the elect. They respond in the affirmative. Yes. We're recognizing that the the candidate is to be consecrated for ministry in the church. And there's two main ways that the, the bishop is going to show this mm-hmm. and do this by laying his hands on that man. And then through the gift of the Holy Spirit from God. That's right. That's right. So it's that synergy, we could call it, the dual action working together of the bishop uh, on behalf of the church and the Holy Spirit um, coming down in that action of the laying on of hands um, that consecrates or sets this man aside Mm -hmm. um, for ministry in the church. You've been listening to The Seminarian Show. My name is Jacob Stinnett. I'm a seminarian for the Diocese of Columbus. And with me today is Brian Smith, a seminarian for the Diocese of Youngstown. And we've been talking about um, the diaconate, especially what the sacrament of ordination looks like for Mm -hmm. a deacon. What can we learn more about um, the diaconate, um, which we will both be um, 
what are we looking forward going, to going through? Yeah, <laughs> very soon, please God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just starting at looking at the promises um, that the deacon elect, the chosen man chosen to be a deacon, um, is going to make. So we spoke about the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, um, the bishop asks the elect. Do you resolve to discharge the office of deacon with humble charity in order to assist the priestly order and to benefit the Christian people? So here in this second promise, we have somewhat of an explanation of why deacons? Mm-hmm. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Um, and just briefly, we can return to the um, passage from the Acts of the Apostles where the community was f- expressing their frustration that they felt certain people weren't getting the attention they needed mm-hmm. in the distribution of bread, I believe, or the, yeah. g- the goods for the poor. Mm-hmm. So what do the apostles do? They choose to appoint seven holy men to be deacons to assist the priests. Okay, right. The apostles who would focus more on um, the ministry of the word mm-hmm. and, and prayer, the deacons would assist the priests. So that's one of the things that we remind ourselves of here. And they do this for the benefit of the people, for the benefit of the church. Um, so then we can move on to the third promise. Here, the bishop asks the following. Do you resolve to hold fast to the mystery of faith with a clear conscience, as the apostle urges, and to proclaim this faith in word and deed, according to the gospel and the church's tradition. So, here we see how the deacon's ministry um, becomes rooted in the mystery of the faith and him taking on this whole mystery and then turning around and proclaiming it as he's called to in his ministry. Okay. So, we know that um, one of the things that deacons most commonly are seen to do um, in a Sunday Mass is occasionally read the gospel and to proclaim a homily as mm-hmm. they're able. Mm-hmm. They do this um, in cl- collaboration with the priest and um, as someone who's promoting his pastoral leadership in the parish, right? Right. So can we see um, the deacon just as another altar server up there um, in the sanctuary. He's just up there helping the priest out doing his thing or is, or is it something more than that? Well, I think we're, we're already starting to appreciate how there's something more going on because um, just in this third promise, the deacon is resolving to hold fast. So we have like this really intentional and strong connection that he's cultivating with the mystery of faith. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a little bit more than the average altar server. <laughs> might certainly be called doing. to okay. more than the average altar yeah, server. Yeah, it definitely That's called right. to, yeah. yeah. Um, with a clear conscience, so his his life, uh, his moral life is to reflect this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's given uh, a delegation or he's, he's, he's given the duty of proclaiming it in a way that the average person... Um, isn't called to do either. Right. He has a commission from the church. Um, he's not called to only by his baptism. Right. He's been given a special calling. Not just in his family and mm-hmm. not just perhaps to those, his friends and those around him, but 
for the sake of the whole parish community at least right he's called to cultivate mm-hmm. his life of faith for their benefit right it's now his responsibility mm-hmm. also to do that mm-hmm. uh, yeah awesome um let's quickly go through the other three promises okay. Okay. and then look at a some look more at aspects still. of the ceremony because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful so the fourth promise um is this question from the bishop do you resolve to keep forever the commitment to remain celibate as a sign of your dedication to Christ the Lord for the sake of the kingdom of heaven in the service of God and man. So we should put a little asterisk on this one because um, this fourth one is a question for transitional deacons. That's right. right? right. Um, And it's not something that is asked of those men who are to be ordained permanent deacons. Yeah. So in the church we have, they're all deacons. They're all the same, but they're on two different paths, maybe. Right. So we have the permanent deacons, which is probably most of the deacons that you would encounter mm-hmm. in the church, um, at least in this diocese. Um, those are men who are ordained deacons, and they will only be deacons. So they're right. ordained to serve at the altar. Um, they have this commission to proclaim the gospel, but they mm-hmm. won't ever be ordained priests. Right. Whereas transitional deacons are those men who are uh, in formation to be priests. Before you can be the ordained a priest, you have to be ordained a deacon. So that's the transitional part. You're going to move across from being uh, a deacon to please God a priest. But here you make that promise of celibacy, right? As you're entering, you know, as you're entering holy orders, mm-hmm. you know, being ordained. Um, and this promise mentions importantly that this state is a sign of. The, the man's dedication to Christ the Lord for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Um, and it's an invitation to the faithful as well to enter into this dynamic as they're, they're able in their lives. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the fifth promise is this question from the bishop. Do you resolve to maintain and to deepen the spirit of prayer that is proper to your way of life? And in keeping with this spirit and what is required of you to celebrate faithfully the liturgy of the hours with and for the people of God and indeed for the whole world. So clearly the focus here is prayer This in this fifth promise. Um, and deacons are making a special promise to, you know, daily pray for the church and for the world. And there's one mention of like a concrete way they're going to do that, the liturgy mm-hmm. of the hours, something you and I have mentioned before. And it's, um, you know, a way that the church has taken different times of the day, consecrated them to prayer, united to the mass, but flowing from it as well. Right, like right. It's an act of, throughout the day. it's a communal act of the whole church. Mm-hmm. So it's during these hours that they did the whole church coming together, um, praying for itself, herself, and for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the final of those six promises involves this question. Do you resolve to conform your way of life to the example of Christ, whose body and blood you are a minister at the altar, of whose body and blood you are a minister at the altar? Mm. So the first one and the last one, especially very general, but through the office of deacon, no, this man is promising to live, um, for others, a life that mirrors Christ's in a very special way, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a servant, um, 
especially in the Eucharist mentioned here, the body of blood of Christ. Yeah. So we have all of these beautiful promises that inform us of what a deacon does, Mm -hmm. who he is also. Um, Then after uh, they make these promises, then there uh, is the promise of obedience. Um, So all of the promises before are made, if there are multiple deacons, they're made as a group. Right. Together they all say, I do, uh, I do with Mm -hmm. the help of God. Um, But then after that, each one comes up individually, kneels down before the bishop, Mm -hmm. who then, uh, the bishop who takes his hands and places them around the hands of the man to be ordained Mm -hmm. and says, do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors? And the answer is, I do, um, (laughs) out of obedience. Mm -hmm. And also because we're recognizing um, that the bishop is the one who is our superior, the one who makes the rules for us, right. but also the one who looks out for us. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a, a reciprocal promise of you're in charge and you're going to take care of me as well. Mm-hmm. He's the um, pastor of the diocese. Yeah. And by doing that, it's also um, the bishop is standing for God in that. So you're making that promise to God also. Um, you know, I will respect and obey you. And then God responds, and I will take care of you as mm-hmm. a minister of my church yeah. also. Yeah, that's a beautiful dynamic to call to mind. Mm-hmm. So after the promise of obedience is the um, the action that maybe uh, is the most noticeable in mm-hmm. the ordination because it's so far out of our ordinary experience. Right. Um, there's this... Um, prostration the 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 man lies down on the ground mm-hmm. um, and the whole church prays over him mm-hmm. right we pray the litany of the saints um and we're offering this especially there's at the end of it usually there's a few optional petitions that are especially appropriate for the day and mm-hmm. very beautifully worded um asking god you know to consecrate this man for the service of the church okay mm-hmm Yes. Um. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's um, such a beautiful part of the liturgy. Um, once the whole church, the church both on earth, the church militant, and the church triumphant, the saints, are praying over him as he undertakes um, this vocation, uh, then comes the actual moment at which he is made right. a deacon. Those two right. moments that we referenced right at the beginning of all the promises now actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, um, we were talking earlier, it's the central moment, you know, the beginning of the central moment of the ordination, but it's so simple that people could easily just... Right, it's almost like not an even anticlimax. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, tell us what happens. So the elect go forward to the bishop. Mm-hmm. They kneel in front of him, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And in silence, complete silence... The bishop places his hands on the man's head mm-hmm. for a few seconds, lifts his hands, and the man walks away back That's right. to his spot. Yeah. Very simple, mm-hmm. but one of the essential parts of being right. ordained. The laying on of hands. Right. So what's happening in this gesture? Um, the the bishop doesn't have any words. Right. Is he supposed to be thinking anything? Um, what's he doing? Oh, I think he might have stumped me on this one. But we're certainly making a connection with the church's um, perennial, um, you know, sign of ordination and calling. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it, it comes from the Acts of the Apostles, right. right? That's how the deacons were designated by the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and while the bishop doesn't say anything, mm-hmm. he is praying something, right? Mm. He's calling. Is he looking. Is it, are we talking about the other part now, like the laying on the hands and the invocation of the Holy Spirit? That's is that right. what we're referring That's to? That's right. So silently, the bishop is praying for the Holy Spirit to come down upon this man, and because ah. he's the bishop, the shepherd of the church, um, the primary vehicle um, of God's action in the mm-hmm. church. It happens through his hands. And then, right? af- and then after that moment, when all the men have, you know, had the bishop lay his hands on their heads and pray silently, then there's a, a longer prayer of consecration. That's right. That we can all hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm afraid we'll have to move pretty quickly through the, the remaining Right. Moments so we have of the ordination. The laying on of hands and the invocation of the Holy Spirit and then the prayer of consecration. At that point, the man or men are deacons. We have a deacon. That's right. So then they get to dress like one. <laughs> right. So people will come out, they will be dressed as deacons. Mm-hmm. The men will often choose, you know, someone from their life who's been a mentor to come help mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then uh they will again approach the bishop now as deacons mm-hmm. and the bishop will give them their commission to preach the gospel. The bishop will have the book of the Gospels mm-hmm. um, in his hands. The candidate, not well, not the candidate anymore, the deacon, mm-hmm. will grab the book of the Gospels. And the bishop will give that commission to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, there's finally the kiss of peace. Mm-hmm. All of the other deacons in attendance will come up and share a kiss of peace, welcoming their brother deacon mm-hmm. into the order of deacons. And one, one last peculiar detail we can mention before we go is that you know, we talked at the beginning how a man is ordained a deacon and he is a deacon for the rest of his life. Right. He has that indelible Even mark. if he is ordained a priest or a bishop. Mm-hmm. And in the ordination of a deacon, the bishop um, has this option to wear a deacon's clothing underneath right. his bishop's and priest's clothing. Right. So sometimes if you look closely, you can see there's another vestment. He's wearing the dalmatic, mm-hmm. the kind of more square-shaped. Right, um, with, the, with the sleeves. Yeah, deacon's vestment underneath his priestly vestments. That's right. Showing that he, is even also, though he's still a bishop, is still mm-hmm, a deacon. Mm-hmm. He's um, deacon, priest, and bishop so for the whole a, church. It's a pretty exciting um, milestone to look forward to for both of us. Yes. And I know we're both grateful for any prayers that anyone wishes to offer for our perseverance and for, for God's grace. That's right. And Brian, you, of course, are in my prayers. Yes. And I uh, trust that I am in yours. Certainly. You so, are. <laughs> thank you. So let's now turn to um, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of all the clergy, uh, and ask for her intercession on all men who will be ordained this year as we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.